Hey y'all, welcome back to an episode of Slice Up Your Life. This is your host, Rachel Bedell. I hope y'all are just crushing COVID quarantine right now. Um, I was super lucky to be able to chat with some people from my Oasis community. I learned that they were actually the OG Oasis couple, Peyton and Joseph. Um, they are supposed to get married this fall and I just absolutely love their story and the process they navigated um, with dating in a Christ-like way and just hearing more of their stories, more about them and their beautiful creative minds. But I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Peyton and Joseph. I always feel silly because I never know this about anyone, but how did y'all find Oasis? Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. So I was, Peyton, I came in like two totally different ways. Mm-hmm. I came to Oasis initially when I was in college going to UIC and um jp andrew jordan all of them the whole like i think six or seven of them had decided to just start these monthly prayer meetings at a coffee shop called coffee alley on taylor street and this is like kind of the main hangout street for people who go to uic and a friend of mine at the time had invited me said hey there's this church plant meeting at this coffee shop down the street for me if you want to come he didn't show up, but I did. <laughs> and it ended up being like a really cool night. And that what I uh, would come to find out was actually like their first time like gathering in the city. And oh, cool. they just like hit me up like two weeks later, like JP would just like text me all the time. And they didn't tell me until like a year later, They're like, Joseph, you were our first city friend. We had no idea if this was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because apparently so many of the kids and they were actually like from Olivet and, yeah. and just coming to support mm-hmm. um, Pastor JP's mission here. Mm-hmm. So it kind of came like just through an invite. And then I just fell in love with with the whole crew and and then, you know, jumped on the weekly Skype calls we would have for prayer and the monthly coffee shop. Uh, gatherings which then turned to Sunday gatherings and that was really exciting that is so crazy because I I know I had heard about the Skype calls for prayer meetings but now it's just how everything literally is full circle for Oasis right now like that that's what we're resorted back to we were on a call with a pastor from Celebration Church Pastor Stobel and um, I just remember feeling during that meeting like oh my gosh this is like a total restart. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is like exactly where Oasis started. So it's just crazy to like have the entire church start this way again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially too, right after we moved, like what we only had three weeks, <laughs> yeah. three or four weeks at Hope, if that even, yeah. that it's like, we're going to have such, we really will have like a reset before we all go back to Hope again. Yeah. So crazy. Joseph, did you grow up going to, like, did you grow up in faith with your family? It was church pretty normal for you? <laughs> this is a long story. That's like a loaded <laughs> question. I'll give you the real short version. Okay. I, um, my parents uh, accepted Jesus and started following Jesus right around the time that my mom was pregnant with me. Oh, okay. And then they fell super deep into it and um, just very hardcore about their faith. Uh, also very strict, um, just from their both of their backgrounds. That's just what they, it turned into. Mm-hmm. Um, they're awesome people, and I grew up technically in the faith. And then somewhere around high school, 
jumped way out <laughs> of the pool um, and ended up going all around this country doing all sorts of crazy things and um, yeah then came back to Christ after after a really crazy experience um, and since then I would say like it was really the first time when I made Christianity and, and Jesus like my own thing mm-hmm. and not like the thing of my parents yeah like it was for yourself yeah I just remember, I remember somebody telling me like you need to do this for you, and I was like, "You Christians are supposed to be selfless. What do you mean doing it for you?" And, I was, and then like I thought about it, I'm like, "Oh wait, I get it." <laughs> yeah. What about you, Peyton? Did you were you there from the get go too? Yeah. So um, basically, yeah. So kind of like Joseph had said, like when they started doing the monthly meetings, like not everyone had moved to Chicago yet. Um, So in the summer of 2016, I was still in Morton in central Illinois, um, which is where Holly is from. And so her and I met and got really close and we would go for walks and we found out that we were both going to be moving to Chicago within like the same time frame. Um, and she told me that she, I had mentioned that I was like looking for a church when I moved there and everything. And she had mentioned, um, that they were planting Oasis. And so I started going, um, yeah, pretty much. I don't think I was there for the first one because I had, um, some like work training in New York, like when I had first moved, but, um, I think around, September or October was when I like started going and it was still really small, still at Coffee Alley and um, yeah, and just started going from there. I started serving once we got to uh, Daystar. Daystar, yeah. Okay. I've met your parents at church and stuff like that. (laughs) So has this always been something for y'all or has it been a little bit of a newer experience? So, um... My parents, so actually when my parents got married, they uh, got married in the Catholic church and um, my mom's family was always very Catholic. I grew up, you know, going to Catholic church. I did my first communion, all of that stuff. Um, And then when I was in about third grade, there was a Christian church in our town that was doing, um, I think it was the study on like the purpose driven life. Um, and my parents went and did that and basically that just like changed their lives. And that was when they, um, accepted Jesus and we started going to that church then regularly and they got plugged into a small group. And that was really when I started like my faith and learning about Jesus in that way, like outside of the Catholic faith. Mm Um, and then Similar but not similar to Joseph, because I wouldn't say that I did a nosedive off, but (laughs) um, around college, it just kind of wasn't really a priority for me. I just didn't pursue it. I think very similarly, it wasn't really, isn't like totally my faith at that point. I think that I um, hadn't had kind of like that heart change where you have an actual relationship where it becomes everything. Um, And really, that didn't happen until I actually started, I would say going to Oasis, um, was when I really came full circle. You know, I knew that I wanted to get plugged into church again. I knew that I wanted to have that community. I never, our church didn't have 
a lot of people the same age as me. So I never really had Christian community. And I think that that was why I kind of let that go a little bit by the wayside when I was in college. Um, And so, yeah, going to Oasis, just kind of learning like what that meant for me. um, Just, yeah, changed everything. Yeah. And it is something I think it's so special. And I've talked about this before, like Oasis, it truly is. It's that like family atmosphere for everyone. And I know like people probably feel that about their churches, but like we have something so special. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. I think there's like a blessing of community. Sorry for these sirens. (laughs) (laughs) This is the city. Um, (laughs) There's a blessing of community on Oasis. And like, I can tell you from the very first text message I received from JP, it was like, this dude said, hey, what's up? And wanted to know how I was doing. And with like no other intention. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. a, hey, just want because I had been to like the other churches, like the bigger churches, and they, they have the people text you and follow up, you know, but it's all like this weird like ulterior motive to try to make sure you're attending. It's just like mm-hmm. bust. Yeah, it's like and and you feel and you can just feel that. You can feel that you're just being checked off of somebody's list. And this was like this dude wants to be my friend. This mm-hmm. is kind of weird, but I'm into it. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the friendships and the community that I've like developed at Oasis, I truly like can't even comprehend like how blessed I have been by it. Just especially like not ever having that community and honestly wondering if I ever would like stepping into it. And it was almost like, I don't want to say it was like so easy, but it kind of was just because I think like, it draws very genuine people who truly do like care about others. And that makes you feel like, you know, it's not like, it's not something that's like fake. It's like very real and breeding good fruit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that you put it really well, Peyton. Like it is the genuineness of everyone because there is just something with a lot of the people in our community that like you feel the genuineness. I don't know if it's just people looking you in the eye or remembering or whatever it is but there's something that is just truly genuine that like also I feel like has breeded a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. And I think we've seen that like in our O group and things like that, that we feel comfortable with one another. Even if you really don't know the people that like I'm a, I can lay out all of my crap and you guys are still going to be here and accept me and help guide me and lead me. Yeah. Abs- I mean, that was honestly kind of like the way that I got so close to my community was I was like casually going to Oasis and had this moment where I felt like my life was falling apart and literally called Rachel and was bawling. And I was just like, I need someone like, I don't know what's going on. And I remember she literally like came to my apartment picked me up they were like on their way to get like chicken wings or something but, like <laughs> picked me up and like brought me to their apartment and I, like we were close but we weren't like best friend close but I knew that it wasn't like she wanted to be there like as a friend to be there you know you don't do that when you yeah. when you don't and I think that's just like and I still see that and I hope that like everyone who comes like new like does feel that that there is that potential like for friendship, for community, for people that, like, want to be there for you. Well, speaking of of relationships, (laughs) you guys obviously (laughs) met at Oasis, but didn't start dating for a while. I don't know y'all's story, because I pretty much met y'all, and then you got engaged, like, two months later. (laughs) The first Oasis couple. 
<laughs> yeah, I think like technically we were actually. Wow. Yeah, so it's funny because we because we started going to Oasis around the same time. And Joseph was like the original creative team. <laughs> but <laughs> I joined the creative team like shortly after when there was only like five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like we had known each other probably for like a year or two before. I don't know. I know that we we at least went to the same church for this small church of under 40 people for <laughs> like, at least six to eight months and had no idea each other existed. Yeah. Um, Pretty much. But we were, we were both dating people at the time. Yeah, we were in different relationships. And so I don't think like either of us was really. And to be honest, like I wasn't as plugged into the church as I am now. I kind of like had, you know, people that I was close to and I didn't really hang out with people that much outside of yeah church and crazy mm-hmm. and, and at the time as as involved as i was with oasis i mean not everybody lived in the city yeah that's and, true. and i at that time and so it wasn't like it is now where everybody is living in pilsen and everybody has over there everyone's like, like at the same house like half the yeah <laughs> yeah <we're, laughs> that wasn't happening so it wasn't like there were people really hanging out unless you're going to somebody's house like Andrew and Holly's or, yeah, or I think, Rodney and Mel's. Yeah, we would see each other like at dinner parties and right. um, like prayer at Holly and Andrew's and stuff like that. Yeah, that we used to do these things called dinner parties. Oh, I miss those. And yeah, the, the church was small enough to contain them. Yeah, <laughs> now, now it would be like big. impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was um, just this right time where we were both single for a while Mm -hmm. i know i was in a place where i wanted to stay single for a while (laughs) and (laughs) i was just really seeking god i was man i was super bent on just not dating anybody (laughs) and there's this this night apparently it's argued whether pastor jordan or pastor said this we don't know who actually quoted this it's, it's a debate for the ages. Um, we were working on a stop motion to promote like a Christmas um, service. service. Yeah. And um, one of them walked out after seeing us in there and they go, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. And I don't think we even knew we did not even know at that point. Like we I don't even know if we had hung out yet, but late night in Lacuna. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> filming, church projects. filming a pinecone uh, Christmas church project, and yeah. But yeah, and then and then shortly after that, I knew that Peyton lived in Wicker Park, and um, I was actually considering her for like a social media position oh, yeah. with a business partner yeah. of mine because she was doing social media for Oasis, and they uh, my business partner was starting another company and needed somebody, so um, I brought actually brought Peyton onto an interview. <laughs> oh my gosh and, <laughs> yeah that really confused me about what was going on <laughs> um and then she's like do you want to come see my cat <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Ted? I was like right around the corner and it was I was in like I think at this point we had we had gone to the concert together at this no point. this that was before the really? concert was it? yeah because it was there that I think that we discovered that we really like the same music, music also yeah. i would text you from time to time when i was by your house because i would go to the coffee shop by your house to work yeah and you only came to like even say hi like one time yeah was it was only one before an iron and wine concert yeah 
But um, yeah, so essentially we just started like realizing that we had like a lot of similarities like outside of church and like interest in music and art and things like that. And he had invited me or asked if I wanted to go to a concert mm-hmm. and we went to this concert I was under the impression that it was a date. I'm still kind of under the impression that it was a date. Um, except for that he, like, bolted after. <laughs> after the concert was over, like, he was out of there. So, again, I was, like... You're, like, okay, what does this mean very at confused. all? <laughs> yeah. I was very confused. Um, it was funny, though, because, like, nobody at this point in the church had, like, taken an interest in somebody else. Yeah, there's no church, like, couples. Right, except for people who are already married. And so there was, like, a whole phase of us, like, secretly getting, like, lunch after church. Oh, yeah. Of Not, like, keeping it a secret, but it was, like, okay, this is weird, but what if I want to hang out with you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, like, shortly, and we, this is, like, I don't know how much detail you want. We could go into the whole story. <laughs> Let us know, because it's, like... It's, it's a lot, but it is a good story. But um, the reason that we were being kind of, like, secretive, I guess, was that once we had come to the place where we were like, okay, I'm interested in you, I'm interested in you too, it was kind of like, let's see if this is a thing before we, like, tell all of our friends. It's such a case, small community. Yeah. Like, you didn't want it yeah. to start mm-hmm. up and then all of a sudden crash and burn in front of everybody. Yeah, we just wanted to be really mindful because, again, like, we had our community at that point, and we loved them, and we didn't want anything to, like, make it awkward. Yeah, I think we were both extremely delicate. It wasn't, like, those flaky situations, like, let's not put a label on it. Let's just have fun. No, we we were intentional. I think we were very intentional as, like, let's go get food, just chat. And then go on with our days. You know, no lingering or, like, hanging out and like that. Yeah, I mean, we were dating. Like, really, like, actually, tr- like, going on dates. Going on dates. Yeah. And I really fully enjoyed that. I, I yeah. fully enjoyed taking it so slow. Yeah, me too. And then I, I remember there was, like, a night where I, I called all the boys together. Like, Pastor JP and everybody in Lacuna. And we just, like, I told him. I was like, got to tell you something. I got feelings for Peyton. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we all just prayed over this relationship and kind of talked about it. And, you know, pastor is like, yep, yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just respect the community that we had so much. Like their their opinion means a lot because I know that their like opinion is coming from wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it, if he had told me in that moment, like, I think that's a bad idea. I probably would have had to have a talk with Peyton yeah. about it. Because, I mean, I really was in that place where, like, I didn't even want to date. But here's this girl winning my heart over. <laughs> so. And you just can't help it. Yeah. That's awesome. I literally couldn't. There's a moment where <laughs> I was trying to be careful. But, like, now I, it had matured so much that, like, yeah, we were definitely dating. <laughs> and she was she was in England. Oh, yeah. Um, like in London. Fun fact, we'll get back to that later. She was in London, and um, I was texting her, or she texted me, and I was like, you got to stop texting me. My, You're going to, like, charge all these rates to my phone. Uh, and then I was like, you should download WhatsApp and talk to other British guys. And this, again. <laughs> oh, my gosh, so Joseph. Much. I know. <laughs> 
So I responded back and I was like, do you want me to be <laughs> texting like British boys? And I think like we then like didn't really like text. I feel like we like messaged back and forth like on Instagram, but we didn't no. really like text after that conversation. And I remember as soon as I got back to Chicago, I did a very me thing where I like apologized <laughs> i was like yeah sorry i was so weird about that comment that you made i just was like so thrown off and then he was like well why were you thrown off and that that kind of yeah. like well we were, we were still in that like does we weren't we didn't establish like that i like you you like me it was still up in the air where we still had kind of like that escape room and and that's when i like knew like after that was already out of the bag she was back in the states i was like Dang, I can't let this just sit. I'm not that guy. I, I we got to put this out in the open. So I was like, it was like Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, we had just gotten ramen, and I was like, I'll meet you back at your place after the Super Bowl, <laughs> so we could talk about this. It was so random, yeah. And that was kind of when we had like, I don't know what they call it, like the defining talk i guess the dtr yes yeah. where it was like okay like yes i'm clearly interested in you and yeah but we agreed to date we didn't agree like it's not like we weren't in a monogamous relationship we didn't want to say like yeah we're putting a stamp on this we're we just official weren't, like po- we weren't like posting like we're dating and that was like around the time when we weren't yeah. telling anyone we were dating we were like yeah i'm interested in you like let's go on dates which i think is so crucial because having like going on dates and having fun is like so fulfilling i think yeah i really liked that time it was kind of like nice to have that like actually you're not just like jumping right in you know you're really getting to like know the person little by little and like i think that's something that jp says all all the time too is he's like go on dates because it's like that's how you really get to like know someone and it's hard too when you are kind of like building a friendship it's like you want to know what that person like who they are yeah romantically I guess and Mm -hmm. by going on dates I feel like you get that yeah yeah and I feel like it's so I don't know if I'd say it's a lost art but like it's such it's so gone now I feel like dating is that term is so weird because you could say I'm dating but it's like okay are you guys like you said like monogamous relationship is this boyfriend girlfriend are you actually just is that just the verb of going on dates and right. i feel like this the thing of going on dates has dwindled a lot and i feel like that's really hard because it's like how else do you get to know people like and there's needs to be less pressure on dates i feel like too like let's just go hang out and see if i enjoy your company and if i want to spend more time with you oh no absolutely like everything you're saying is so true that's like why i think i have such a hard time explaining to people like yeah, it wasn't like we weren't monogamous or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was, like, clear <laughs> that we were only going on dates with each other, but we're, like, we're not really calling this boyfriend-girlfriend. Like, we're just going on dates. But it is true. Like, there's so many different we, words for it, and people start relationships so differently. I think it's, like, because things are so objectified now where it's either, like, okay, you have you are super unsure about how you feel about another human being, but yet you're going to do, like, one of two things. You're either going to, like make your object to go sleep with that person or make mm-hmm. your object to go like keep that person forever. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Yep. But okay. I want to hear, and maybe this is what you're alluding to also, Joseph of London. Is that where y'all got engaged? It is. Okay. I need to hear the story from your perspective too. Cause I heard it from Peyton <laughs> at one point. 
<laughs> so I want to hear it from both of y'all. Yeah. You wanna, I mean, you're the mastermind. <laughs> it was so funny. I don't know where to start. Like, like all plans, <laughs> all creative plans, it takes a little bit of like substance and then just figuring out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out of thin air. Um, but like, I was planning on leaving the country for a month just to go. I'd saved up money and I had a ton of friends that live in Europe that have all since moved back. Um, they were like exchange students here who were just visiting. So I was going to go for a month and somewhere down the road, Peyton was like, hey, I really want to be with you for part of your trip. I'd like to come on the part where um, you're hanging out with this other couple. There's this photographer couple that we know who we hang out with all the time. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'll let that be your choice. And as soon as she said that, though, my mind was like, oh, snap, wouldn't that be dope <laughs> if she came to Europe because it was her idea and we actually got engaged. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was already thinking about getting engaged, but I was like, that is weird because, like, she wanted to get engaged in the fall and October's mm-hmm. a little too soon. December's a little too late. November, yeah. I'm gone. So. Well, and to be honest, it's, like, crazy that it worked out because I didn't buy my ticket until two weeks before I left because I was <laughs> so back and forth on whether I wanted to go. Oh, my god! So you actually was planning, like, I was going for a decent amount of time before I bought my ticket. Take a little risk. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But through the process, um, it was wild, Maybe too. you should talk about like asking you want to talk about like asking my parents maybe because that was the whole thing i know well first off we we were originally you were gonna back out because we were gonna go to scotland and we looked at like scotland like edinburgh and we were like eh maybe it's not that cool and the tickets are really expensive for scotland as well so we were looking at like possibly london they were like well that defeats the purpose of staying with another couple and um it turns out, so I messaged our friends and was like, hey, so what about these dates? Will you guys still be there? Because they travel around Europe when they're over there. And they're like, actually, we're going to be in London. And I was like, praise God. Wow. No offense to Edinburgh, but like London is like, you know, it's, it's London, you know. Yeah. So that was all kind of set. I messaged her dad, said, hey. What's up? What are you doing this Friday? Can, um, can we get dinner? Blah, blah, blah. And my parents live three hours away. So this wasn't like a casual. <laughs> like a casual. We're both in the city. Let's grab some food. Yeah. Randy no, knew what was up. They, they, they live in central Illinois. And I've never asked them to get dinner. Yeah. Um, the day before, I get a text from her dad that's like. What is, <laughs> he had eye poor, surgery. Poor, poorly, like poor grammar and goes. Hi, Joseph. My eye fell out of its, or my retina <laughs> fell out of its place. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so it's did not, you still, funny, but... did you still want to meet for dinner? And I'm about to get on a plane to Europe. I was heading about a week before Peyton was going to come to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dang, I don't mean to be insensitive, but I don't really have a choice. Yeah, so <laughs> I, need, I need to talk with you. Like asking her dad was asking him with an eye patch which was like hilarious <laughs> yeah but i mean all of this to say like he my parents are like the most important thing to me and so he knew that like there was not a chance that i was that he could not yeah if he hadn't talked to my parents so 
I'm just, yeah, very thankful that that all worked out and that he was able to, like, spend time with them yeah. before everything. But in the middle of this, I was also designing the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. This is a... I'm sorry, these stories are so long, but this is the best part. No, I love it. Basic, <laughs> basically, I worked with this designer because I, like, stalked Peyton's Pinterest board. I, like, figured out exactly <laughs> what she liked. I had secretly like several months earlier taken her to um, um uh, the Missouri pop-up store to get her size so i already knew her ring well, size I got all of my ring finger size gotten all the deets down so worked with the designer and i think i think she's from virginia whatever designed it turns out um the all the messages that we had, had she got confused over something and the ring actually wasn't going to be ready or sent in time. I would already be overseas. So I started panicking. I ended up texting and calling my mom to try to figure this stupid plan out um, of what we were going to do. Because I was like, how am I going to propose to her if I don't have a ring? <laughs> um, and so I had the ring shipped to my mom's house. And we started this whole thing. And, told, and I, in an Uber one night, told Peyton, I was like, acting this all out like, dang it, my mom wants me to bring this package to her friend in London. My, my parents used to be missionaries in, in England back and forth, okay. so it wasn't suspicious. Um, I was like, there's no way that I can get there in time. And Peyton, out of the kindness of her heart, plays yeah. right into my trap. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, here's a putty in my hands. Literally, I was like, oh, I could, I could bring it. <laughs> I could bring you a package, no big deal. His brother um, goes to school in the city and he had a night class. And so we had come up with like this plan where um, I was going to meet him. So I had an after work event. I work near Union Station. So I was like, I'll just meet you at Union Station. I'll get the package <laughs> from you. <laughs> like not shady at all. Um, and then, yeah, well, I'll just like bring it to London. So I meet him I get the package it's like in one of those padded envelopes and it's like sealed and everything so I was like okay fine like this is it so I did not know that there was a diamond ring in here so I literally had an after work event like a happy hour and I actually checked the ring in a coat check oh my gosh. um yeah sorry about that yeah. um no idea but yeah would then just like packed it and TSA didn't ask any questions. On my way to Europe, I actually asked TSA, after I got through, I asked the lady, I said, hey, real random question. Nothing sketchy, but <laughs> I wanted to put something in a package and get it through the, the scanner without you guys flagging it. What would I have to do? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is the sketchiest question on the planet. <laughs> I, I realized there was no other way to phrase it. So I like explained. And it just anyone wants to know if as long as you put it whatever object you're trying to transport in a greeting card they won't check i don't know why she just said greeting cards are typically just on their like no flag list oh so i put a greeting card that my told i instructed my mom after this to put the ring in a greeting card on top of a picture frame and then that was all going to put be put in the package so ridiculous all these little moving pieces that just like came together to this grand story yeah seriously when i had actually proposed to her the next day and in the middle of like the market her reaction afterwards was like 
you proposed to me in London. Oh my gosh, you proposed to me in London. And the next like couple hours was like unpacking like the Ocean's Eleven scheme that it took to get there. Like, I was like, how did this happen? Like, what? Wait, what? This was the package? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like, like you were so involved in your own proposal and had no idea. I had no idea. And I also, it just like was making so much like there were so many little things that were like making sense from that, from like that point. But I was like unpacking things, but it was really fun. We like went out to dinner, a little like engagement dinner with our friends and we got to like FaceTime our family. And um, yeah, it was just like really special. And I think like kind of as he alluded to the fact that like I was in London, like when we kind of started being like interested in each other and it was kind of like full circle to be able to, start our engaged life there yeah that's awesome how has it been for y'all I know you're like in the midst of planning a wedding and I know y'all are like engaged but you don't live together how has that this whole season been with the season that we're living in <laughs> um and just of like dating and being engaged in this like weird universe right now yeah well as far as planning a wedding our wedding is like a weird date where it's the beginning of August. And in general, everyone's like, if your wedding is like September or fall, like it's fine. If your wedding's in like May or June, might want to move it. So we're kind of in this no man's land right now where like mm-hmm. nobody really knows what's going on. And um, we're still, I mean, luckily we had planned almost everything like beforehand yeah. for the most part. We were really excited and just kind of like jumped into planning. So it hasn't really thrown us off. I think the, the huge part of it too is like we know why we're getting married and like the whole point of the wedding for us is like this is a celebration with the people that are going to stand beside us yeah. in our marriage like mm. if the wedding gets moved it gets moved yeah. those, those people are meant to stand by us forever anyway yeah and yeah it's just that and I'm like, I've technically in my heart still made that commitment to Peyton. There's just like the day of like, you know, making it official. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to like, we've gone through, I mean, we're pretty much on the same page. We're like, whether a wedding happens or not, we're still going to get married that day. Um, but so I think that's kind of like taken. I know that there is like a lot of some people are having like stress around those types of things. But I think that's like alleviated a lot of stress for us is that we're like, yeah. We're going to be married on that day. And if we have to, like, move back to the celebration portion, like, that's okay. Those people are still going to be there to celebrate with us. It's not going to take anything away. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And how has it been with, like, just – I know you guys have been able to do, like, some dinner party type stuff, like, with your roommates. Mm-hmm. How has this been? Because I know, obviously – you spend a lot of time with each other from Oasis and like creative team stuff, but how has it been just, you know, trying to orchestrate this while being safe, but also like seeing your fiance? Yeah. <laughs> well, right at the beginning when all of this happened, we actually did the two week quarantine from each other. Um, just because we like wanted to, like be conscientious I guess of each other and each other's roommates and everything and so we really actually that was kind of weird I feel like was like the two weeks that we really didn't see each other um but since then I mean I don't I don't know if I feel like it's really changed 
No, there's so much. I feel there's so much that like in the season before this, I feel like God built so much consistency in our lives. Yeah, that's good. And like, it's weird because it's like what's happening outside of our lives is crazy. Like it is nuts and tragic and confusing. But for us personally, yes, our our physical lives are being affected, but I would say like emotionally and spiritually, we, we've been able to keep this consistency up and, and if anything, get into like almost like a better rhythm of diving deeper, which has been cool. Um, yeah. And just fulfilling, like I'm still learning how to love Peyton better. I'm still learning how to lead her better. She's still learning how to like love me better and <laughs> and uh, continue to just give the amazing wisdom she gives me all the time. Mm. Um, that doesn't stop. There's so many things that just don't stop from this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, like he said, like I think that we both just like it so happened that this season, like right before this happened, we both were individually in such like seasons of growth for ourselves and kind of just like this steadiness with how we function and like support each other and like honestly praise god for that because like now when everything around us does just seem like so chaotic and crazy it's been like such a blessing to kind of have like the stability of everything else like knowing we can count on each other through this and like when things feel crazy like i can text joseph and be like today is weird and i feel weird and have him like be able to encourage me in like the way that he knows how and so I yeah I think like all of that has just been a blessing and it's allowed us to be able to like love and serve those around us better too absolutely yeah right before this I think it went through like a two-year season of um trying to fight living in lack and living completely and trusting God Mm -hmm. two years I swear it it was just like so hard and I feel like I was just coming out of that season before before all this happened. And it was just wild because it's like, oh, my gosh, God, you really baked this into me. I feel really strong in you, especially in this area of faith. Mm-hmm. And for Peyton, it was like this whole season of, of trust yeah. and, and reliance on God that also lasted a very long time. And we both, I feel like, you know, they say, like, you have trials and tests and stuff. And I, and I feel like we both, like, passed our tests. Yeah. Like a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then, like, going into this, it's kind of like, dude, we passed these tests. We know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we've been preparing for this. Yeah. We don't have all the answers, but, like, you know, it's just like... <laughs> You know when you like work out and you have to like lift something heavy, you're like, "This is what I train for." This is yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But I do feel like I can't remember who I was having this conversation with. Maybe I don't even know, but I feel like it. It is this awesome thing where you're whenever you're in the season, you're like, "This sucks" or whatever. And but then whenever you get to the next one, you're like, "Oh!" Like when you can see it click of why I was in that past season. I think it's so cool because I think it just adds another layer of trusting God and trusting his plan and trusting, you know, when you're in the, when you're in the valleys, when you're in the lows, like there's a reason for this and take the learnings from this. Cause I'm going to need these for my next challenge, my next test or whatever comes again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, I started journaling a little bit um, at the beginning of this year. And I just think even through that, God's shown me so much. Like, remember that low, low that you were in? Like, 
not only is he like showing me that I can trust him to like bring me out of it, but I also feel like he's equipping me to like help others too. And that's something that I think is like so beautiful. And I hope like through each season that I'm able to use something like for his glory to like yeah. impact someone else. Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like too, like <laughs> spiritually speaking, it's funny that we use the term like valleys and mountaintops mm-hmm. because like even in the most physical sense, like if you journey through the Bible, right? Like we build altars to God on these mountaintops, right? This is where we like build these monuments of praise. Yeah. There's no way that you can possibly get to the next mountaintop unless you go through the valley. Yeah. And he's yeah. with you. That valley is where you're going to get attacked because, you know, that's where the enemy lives. But he's not going to – he wants you to get to that mountaintop. He's, he's driving you there. Yeah. He doesn't want you to get stuck there. And so it's like – we're we're like we're conquering we're conquerors in christ and that's what we're doing we gotta remember that mission through and through and every time i think that we can look up and and see where we've placed those altars in our lives for god it's can't we say makes it easier i think that we get stronger and we get encouraged by that yeah Yeah. oh i love that one thing i wanted to talk about because y'all's both of y'all's brains blow my mind of how creativity um but i y'all are both on the creative team and i know peyton you play the keys and joseph like your whole world is creativeness <laughs> can y'all just talk about like how y'all got involved in things i'll go first i guess um so let's see so as far as uh creative for the church um it just so happened I had some experience in like social media strategy and social media management when I was in college. And as all things happen, I had, I think just been talking to Rachel about it. And um, she had mentioned that they were looking for someone to kind of help with like content creation and just managing our social media feed. Um, And So I basically, that was how I joined the creative team was I just kind of like took that over. And originally um, it was me and Brie that were working on it. And um, it's just like grown. And so, I mean, the whole creative team has grown. Um, But it's just like, honestly, really rewarding to be able to serve in that way. I think, I mean, Joseph will probably talk more about this, but, you know, like God is like, the creativity comes from him you know he's our like he's the master creator so I think being able to like give back using our creative talents is like such a cool form of worship to be able to do that um and then outside of that I mean uh, I am still figuring out I think um what it looks like and what it is for me to be creative I think um the past year I was kind of in this weird season of feeling this like longing to want to be like full-time in the creative world and you know just like asking God like what does that look like for me is that for me like what's happening here Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he's really shown me in the past year and it's been such a blessing to be like I'm just like at this point creating like to create and just like exploring these different things just to kind of learn more about what it looks like for me and what like brings me that creative expression Mm -hmm. what you know allows me to be able to connect to people in that way and I think like taking the pressure off of trying to find a career in that 
like has changed a lot for me. And of course, like I hope one day that that can be something that I do full time. But I think more so of like focusing on God and not focusing on uh, like what am I, what is my job, what am I doing to make money. Um, mm-hmm. That actually changed a lot for me and allowed me to be even more creative and enjoy it more and be able to express myself more. So, to be honest, like this time of being quarantined has just like elevated that even more um just being at home and being able to just kind of like freely do these things without feeling the need to share them or talk about them even and just kind of doing them like for myself at this point has Mm -hmm. been um really rewarding Mm -hmm. that's awesome um i i had always grown up kind of like a weird creative mess always wanting to get into things but hadn't really super tapped into anything until about like senior year of high school i started like dual enrolling with a community college took an art appreciation class that's like the class for people who like i think about art but aren't confident enough to like take the plunge Mm -hmm. um and so that class is like super inspiring and even past the point i had no idea what i wanted to do and (laughs) Even in college, I like I'm not even doing what I studied in college, which was um, like product design. Um, I just taken so many different paths, and I think that really, what God showed me through it all, is that like if I'm not making Him first, the one to create for, like in, in through worship, like I'm not gonna have a clear vision on what I want to do because like mm-hmm. He has such a specific vision for me. Mm-hmm. And so and I even today I catch myself trying to go off of my own vision for my life, and and what that creativity looks like, and and he's like he just is so jealous like he wants to be the only source for where you create from. Um, and I just I remember back in the coffee alley days, um, I think it might have been like the second or third time, I thought their design was amazing, and it turned out like Rachel was doing it all. Oh my gosh. It's it's actually insane. And um, up until then, I had only, like, interned as a graphic designer for my church back in New Jersey. And um, like you, Rachel, I actually used to doodle crazy amount of notes. I've been meaning to show you. Oh, my gosh. I would love to see them. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, when I saw somebody posted, like, I think it was JP reshared your notes from your story. Like, mm-hmm. when you first started coming, I was like, Oh my gosh, wait, I relate with this person a lot. I got to meet this person. <laughs> and then I end up never telling you until right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I used to like, like, that was like the extent of what I had done creatively for a church. Um, and I told Rachel, I was like, hey, I do design. That's like kind of like my minor and slash what I've been studying in college. Um, if you need some help, let me know. And then they let me know, and they said that'd be awesome. And that evolved into, like, something I never thought I would be in, which is, like, a huge involvement on the creative team at Oasis and, like, being involved in, like, every single project. Um, And Rachel's just extremely creative as well. And, like, we always joke, like, everybody needs a Rachel in their life because, Mm -hmm. like, I – there's no way I would get any projects done without her. (laughs) Like, not just because she's a task manager, but she helps push your ideas forward. She helps just act as, like, an amazing producer. And her excitement just, like, stirs you 
in just the right direction and makes you actually feel like what you're doing is right mm-hmm. when it is. Yeah. And then she challenges you and, you know, it's a little off. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've had some wacky ideas for sure. But, it, <laughs> but, but having someone like that allows you to kind of feel more free to just um, explode with ideas and creativity and, and really um, foster that for like a heart for God rather than just like, let's just make dope stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. we've always been inspired by prayer, worship, and scripture, and um, that's just where so much of it comes from, and that's led into my um, like professional life. A lot of that, like everybody I talk to and deal with, I have to remember, like I first I'm an ambassador for Christ, like, and the creative stuff I'm making for them, I have to serve them like as a servant because like this is the work I'm doing. I'm not doing this to like just build my name. If anything, like the work I do for the church is always the coolest and always the most fulfilling. And even in the world, like the professional world, people are always commenting randomly like, yo, what are you up to recently? What are you working on? I saw you were working on this super cool thing for Oasis. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you know my church by its first name? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a crazy thing how this like overlaps. Even like, one of the clients that I have now literally pays my rent every month. And the only way that I was able to like acquire that client was like from a creative team outing we had with Oasis. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's like everything leads back to like God's purpose for where he wants me. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be honest, like I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just like super content, like that God has been on a cool path and I'm I'm, like, I'm here to write it. Like, But, that's so cool again when you see i get your point like it, it all starts with him and if you hadn't joined the creative team and i didn't know that's where all that started i just assumed you were always doing crazy things and they were like oh we see joseph's stuff let's join him in but it was the exact opposite which is yeah so much cooler <laughs> well it's always been like in tandem like it's weird like i'll do something with oasis and then i'll get a cool project it's like not like the god reward system or the god vending machine but I constantly see it happening where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to do this because this is where my heart is. Just mm-hmm. trust you, God. And then he'll do something really cool every freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just encouraging too. To like, like you said, it's not like the God vending machine, but it does help you. I feel like it would help move forward and be like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like things are going well and it's not like you're doing oh, things yeah. like with your for yourself. So you have that. I don't know, encouragement to like keep doing it how you're doing it, if that makes sense. Well, no, that's exactly it. I'll tell you what, like, one thing I learned in this last season of like fully relying on God was you choose who you're going to serve. You're, you're going to, if you choose your path, like, you're like, okay, my career is going to be for God. He's going to take you up on that and say, like, all right, well, if you chose that your path is with me, then you're going to operate on my terms. Mm-hmm. If you're going to choose it for you, then go ahead. Get rich, get famous, do it on your terms. Totally possible, totally doable. You can do it without me, but just remember you're doing it without me. <laughs> yeah. And so when you are with God and you enter these moments where you're like, what the heck? This makes no sense. This sucks, blah, blah. God's like, <clears throat> aren't we doing this together? You're like totally not operating in part of the plan. <laughs> yeah. And so when you are, it just feels like crazy miracle mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's like um, honestly like you verbalized that a lot better than I did but that was like exactly the like 
walls that I feel like I kept hitting when I was trying to like force, you know, like what I thought my life should look like. And I think God was like, just like spend time with me, like just like learn more about me, like and do it for me and then see where I take you. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. go the opposite way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I, I felt that a lot when so I would, had been trying to move to Chicago for like, I don't know, two years before I did for a relationship that ended up ending. But I was like applying to every job under the sun. And this is before um, I had formed any relationship with Christ. And then I came to Jesus on in January and literally didn't apply for a job, didn't or didn't apply for the job that I have, like just had given my dad my resume. He passed it on a friend who passed it on to a nice. or works at the company. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you have an interview in Naperville. Oh my God. And I moved in May. Like, and I wasn't even looking to move to Chicago. I just was looking to move and get a new job. And mm-hmm. I didn't even apply. I had two interviews in the same week, both for jobs I didn't apply for. And it Ooh. just is so crazy where it's like, oh, cool, God, like, you've been sitting there for the past (laughs) 26 years of my life, and then I, like, come to you, and all of this just kind of happens, and it's just so funny um, when you see it all, like, just happen in front of you. Well, the last topic is my favorite topic. Well, not my favorite topic. I love talking about faith journeys, but food. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Love it. I know y'all have been cooking. So I know that y'all do some cooking. What has been the best thing that y'all have made during quarantine? Or maybe not even during quarantine. Just have, what is your favorite thing that y'all made? I know sometimes y'all have some very elaborate meals. <laughs> so I definitely, first of all, should probably give, I think I'm kind of been the idea master behind like we should make this but when it comes down to the actual success of the recipe I think Joseph is the most <laughs> the one that's driving that because I am pretty awful in the kitchen but I definitely wouldn't jump and just make all these things myself yeah. I definitely am ready to get more elaborate as long as Peyton's there yeah yeah I think my favorite thing we've made during quarantine for sure has been bagels yeah I definitely have to agree. That's. I want to make them again already. I actually teared up on the first bite of bagel. <laughs> Legitimately. You don't understand. I'm from New Jersey, <laughs> and this is a thing that you can eat every day, and it's very good. And then they have this weird thing here that they call a bagel, but it is like a weird round piece of bread. <laughs> yeah. It is just not the same. You can't recreate it. Unless you're at home, I guess. And this thing was so close to it. Wow. Yeah. Where, what is the recipe from? It was a YouTube. <laughs> well, some so aggressive YouTuber. But. We did a lot of research. So I don't know a whole lot about like a, a, a bagel that would bring a tear to Joseph's eye. Um, <laughs> but we did like a lot of research. <laughs> we, we read like probably five to ten bagel recipes and watch like three youtube videos oh um gosh. yeah and then we like went and bought we, we kind of combined a couple different recipes yeah it's hard when you don't have an industrial kitchen to make bagels actually True. yeah there's a, there's a whole lot of things and there's a lot of hearsay on what to do yeah. 
I mean, we were also trying to play Settlers of Catan at the same time as making them, and that was an added challenge. I was gonna say that's a huge multitask. We did. We we won the game. Yeah, we and, won the and, game, and, and, and we, we made, made the bagels, bagels at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was a super successful night. I was gonna say that's a win of a night. It really wow. is. But yeah, we like. I feel like we like cooking together a lot. And oh, my yeah. other favorite thing that. I think, I don't know if we cooked this during, I think we did during quarantine, but we do generally all the time is make homemade pasta. So that's another. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Do you guys have a, like a pasta roller thing? Oh yeah, that you? was, was that Christmas or anniversary? It was Christmas. Christmas, she got me the Ferrari of pasta makers. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to hold it true. Yeah. Um, it, no, yeah. And so that's been amazing and it's funny how it's actually kind of like spurred other people in our community to want to make pasta <laughs> i know once it's all over we want to make pasta for everyone oh yeah pasta was technically probably our first date we made pasta together that's a very like in-depth first date yeah like, you got to do a lot of teamwork yeah it, that's, if you want to get into how my brain works well, and we failed the first time, too. Like, we, <laughs> the first time we made the dough, remember we had to, like, uh, make yeah. it again? Yeah, like, four times. Yeah. Joseph's, like, very, he's, like, this still upsets me. Yeah. yeah it was like, but that was also how I think people started realizing that we were dating, because we both you put, put it, it on, on your story, and, like, my hand, my was, was my hand in it or something? <sighs> and Jordan Clutterer commented. Yeah. I love Pastor Jordan. Highly recommend if you need a fun date night activity, pasta making is really easy and super fun. Good. That is a good one to keep in the back pocket. Because it's like too delicious. You have to be like flexible with the person and like seeing how you like interact with them. And then, yeah, you end with a meal. So you can't really use there. It's like a fun activity. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep your hands off each other too because they're covered in flour. (laughs) (laughs) Good tip. Big tip. <laughs> Keep your hands occupied. Oh my god. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> um, well, my last question, because it's called Slice Up Your Life, I asked both of you guys what your favorite pizza slice is. Oh, I know mine, for sure. My favorite is Holly G's in Logan Square. And they do the Detroit style. So it's not technically, I guess, like a true slice. It's a square, but it's still a slice. Highly recommend to anyone. That is my absolute favorite. I do have that one on. I have a whole Instagram like saved album of just pizza places in the city and Polly G's is on it because I have heard that multiple times that it's so good. Oh, yeah. If when this is all over, I will go with you. Absolutely. Like it is life changing. Perfect. (laughs) What about you, Joseph? Between a buff chick pizza and a a white slice from Keyport Pizza, West Broad Street, Keyport, New Jersey. Your accent's coming out. (laughs) Yeah, your accent just came out real thick. (laughs) Well, that's it, y'all, for my conversation with Peyton and Joseph. I'm still staying down here in Texas as Chicago is still locked down and... Guys, this made me miss them so freaking much. I've seen them via Zoom and stuff, but I miss my community Ugh, so dang much. But if y'all are in need of community too, we have a lot of things within Oasis. We also have a pre-church Zoom call, kind of coffee time on Sundays at 10 o'clock. If you're ever interested, I'll link all that stuff in the bio um, just in case you guys need a little people right now. 
But in all seriousness, Peyton and Joseph are amazing. They do so much for our church. They have some beautiful things and I'll link all of their channels below so you can check it out. But that's it y'all for this episode of Slice Up Your Life. I hope y'all are staying safe and sane. Love and miss you guys so much.